Thanks for being with us here on Saturday morning on 95.3 WBCK and whenever you need to at BattleCreekPodcast.com. Richard Pyatt with you. We're brought to you by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. Our next guest on Community Matters today, Representative Jim Hodsma. Hello, Jim. Good morning, Richard. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm pleased that uh, WBCK, by reason of Vince Pavone and Lakeview Ford, are providing an opportunity for local voices again on morning radio. Yeah, f- uh, thank you for that. Uh, our intention is to check in with you somewhat regularly so that we keep uh, keep in touch on your perspectives on what's happening in Lansing. We intend to do that with Matt Hall as well. So we'll try to keep folks uh, in the districts uh, really focused on on what's happening there. So we appreciate these opportunities to do that. Well, you know, there's been uh, a few big stories <laughs> around here of late, not the least of which is uh, a 2,500-worker battery plant that's just about ready to be built at the Marshall Megasite. Uh, I'm curious about your overall thoughts about this. I was saying to the folks at Ford not long ago that we seem to have three different camps here in the onset, which is folks really excited, folks a little wary, and folks saying, no, no way, I don't like that. So we're all over the place, but what are your thoughts on this? I'm excited about it, Richard. This is the best economic news we've had in South Central Michigan for decades. I think it's probably the greatest thing about our region since the cornflake. I think that uh, we haven't had an opportunity for a $3.5 billion Detroit 3 plant in our region since the GM plant over in Uh, The Kalamazoo area closed Mm -hmm. around 1990. We've got 2,500 jobs that are projected to come here to be part of uh, this facility. This uh, battery plant is expected to generate over $30 billion over the next 20 years. And in addition to the 2,500 jobs uh, in the plant itself, there will be projectedly four additional jobs for every job at the plant. That's over 13,000 jobs. So I think it's a game changer for South Central Michigan. It's a game changer for Battle Creek. And for that matter, all communities uh, reasonably distanced east and west from Marshall Township and north and south. So over to Jackson, at least to the east, uh, to Battle Creek, Springfield, Galesburg to the west, down to Coldwater, Quincy to the south. And certainly I think it too will benefit communities to the north like uh, Bellevue and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It uh, is certainly a, a sizable employee base that um, we've talked more recently about the, that kind of employee base leaving as opposed to arriving. So that would be the the uh, the encouraging part, I suppose, of, of this uh, of this news. So as you think about the incentives that were involved in this, I hear folks talk about the the enormity of those. And and I hear it fairly often, folks uh, talking about the boy, that's a lot of money to for us to be investing in in such a thing and to be giving forward and lots of different angles. But on the other hand, I hear folks saying, "Boy, if we stop doing that, they'll just say, see, oh, we're we're going to Indiana or Ohio or some other place." So this is a tricky situation, isn't it? It is, and that's already been demonstrated last year. Uh, Ford went to Kentucky with a development, so. We have to be forwardly thinking and try to incentivize forward opportunities or other kinds of engineering opportunities like this to come to South Central Michigan. And that takes 
some economic development dollars. And I'm pleased that uh, we at the legislature have appropriated these dollars and MEDC is appropriating those dollars to Ford to get to development of this property. And, and that MDOT too gets to redevelopment of some roads in Marshall Township on and off 94 so we can easily access and get back on the freeway from Marshall Township in relation to this plant. It's a sizable investment, but the projected return is very significant. And if you don't make that investment, if you just hide your talent uh, underground, you're not going to see what we project to come from this development. And we're not going to see a transformational change in South Central Michigan. I don't think we can look backward to where we were 75 years ago any longer and just uh, wish for that inertia uh, in 2023 to continue. I think we have to look forward to 21st century as opposed to look backward mid-century, 20th century. In other words, uh, I think what you're saying is the the cost of this investment is the cost of doing business today. I think if you're going to compete successfully with Indiana and Kentucky, you're going to have to invest some dollars. Uh, These uh, developments like Ford's development the Blue Oval Plant aren't necessarily going to come to South Central Michigan, notwithstanding the great intersection of 6994 real property here. I think that uh, we need to entice companies like Ford to uh, ensure that they build down developments in Michigan so that we continue in the 21st century to be uh, the same kind of center of auto as we have been in the 20th century. How's your uh, outlook on EVs? I mean, certainly the notion that uh, this is all predicated on a developing technology. There are folks from whom I hear, maybe you do too, that I don't know if I'd buy an electric car yet. I don't know if the technology is is, uh, as reliable as as we'd like. But yet the president says, hey, you know what? By uh, 2030, half of all new cars sold should be EVs. And we're going that way. How do you view that? Do you say, yep, we're this is a, a necessity and we're moving in that direction and we'll make it work? Or are there some concerns yet? I don't think, Richard, we're going back to the internal combustion engine uh, technology. I think we're going forward. Uh, California is a leading driver in this in relation to how it expects all uh, new car sales to be EVs by 2035. So look, we can either act like it's 1975, well into mid 21st century, or we can embrace the 21st century technology, embrace change that is upon us and stay relevant uh, as the center of the auto manufacturing hub in North America. All right. Let's talk about Lansing, certainly in the activity going on there with uh, Democrats in control. Uh, really, it's been a hit-the-ground-running kind of attitude. Would you agree with that? And uh, it sure seems like that's been the outcome, too, right? It absolutely has been a hit-the-ground-running attitude and, in fact, hit-the-ground-running successful checkoff of all that we uh, dropped back on the first day of session on January 11th. So we dropped, as a House caucus, six bills back on January 11th, and Uh, In relation to those bills, we've completed activity on all those bills. And yes, uh, it is a breakneck pace, but it's what we ran on. It's what we knew we would do 
as we awoke from the November 2022 election. So let's get these changes made now as soon as possible, and let's continue to work aggressively for Michigan citizens going forward, starting in April 2023, following these very busy three months of the first quarter. Let's talk about right to work. I suppose the the most recent example of of what you're talking about, uh, the repeal of that means exactly what, in your view? By repealing the so-called right to work, uh, we ensure that uh, going forward, we don't have labor unions eviscerated by those who are members and taking advantage of collective bargaining agreements, but not paying their freight in, in terms of union dues. So I think it affords uh, more balance in the employer-employee relationship. It ensures that unions are going to continue to be well-funded by those members it represents, as opposed to members still requiring representation, dropping off in context of paying dues. And I think that going forward, we will have by reason of this, more successful labor management collective bargaining agreement uh, resolutions. Notwithstanding uh, some uh, uncertainty uh, given changes in UAW leadership this past weekend right. right ahead. So it really is at the at the center of it really is the notion you either like labor unions or you don't, and you fall on either side of that depending on on your viewpoint. And then that sort of predicates where you stand on the on the right to work front. Uh, do you have concern that um, if the Democrats don't keep a majority, then there'll be an effort to undo some of this later? And and we see this back and forth a lot, don't we? As as parties uh, gain power and lose power, uh, these uh, opportunities change. Do you think about that when when this happens? That in the future this could change based on who the balance of power falls in favor of? Yes, I don't think that. Uh, there will be economic development opportunities of the kind of the Blue Oval Battery Park if, in fact, every two or four years we're ping-ponging between repeal of the so-called right to work or passage of a new so-called right to work. So I, I do think that that's highly pertinent. Economic development requires some assurance that there aren't going to be changes every time there's a new governor elected or a change in one or both houses in the state legislature. Mm -hmm. So sure. I'm uh, confident that we will keep the state house in 2024 and that we will have continuity. I would welcome any kind of proposal on a ballot. I think that there are discussions uh, both among organized labor and in, in relation to those who are supportive of the so-called right to work, that that may be coming in 2024. But that, if it were to come, would make uh, this kind of possibility of changes and then changes of changes uh, every two, four, six years. Mm -hmm. Right. Looking ahead, as you look at April and beyond, what do you think the priorities are as you uh, take a look at what the possibilities are? Well, as you indicated, we've been at this in a breakneck pace. In addition to um, repeal of right to work, we also restored prevailing wage. Uh, we ensured that these economic development monies are being invested in places like Marshall Township. We also have expanded the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. 
We've ensured that the senior pension tax is being repealed. So notwithstanding everybody running against the senior pension tax back to 2012, uh, with a Democratic majority in both the state house and state senate and with governor whitmer in the executive mansion we've been able to finally get that accomplished we uh, too have ensured that the earned income tax credit is expanded to many more people we've quintupled the earned income tax credit opportunity and that'll deliver a combined average of uh, $3,150 tax refund uh, to 700,000 families, it's projected, and it'll directly impact about 1 million Michigan kids. That's about half the number in Michigan. So we've done that. But going forward, uh, I think immediately after the legislative break, uh, there's expectation that the state House Labor Committee, of which I'm chair, will take up uh, wage theft, that is the erroneous depiction of an employee as a contractor in order to avoid paying, say, workers' disability compensation premiums to cover that uh, employee hmm. um, ahead. Uh, I also think that through the spring, there's going to be a lot of work undertaken on the 23-24 state of Michigan budget. One thing I've uh, been able to observe, having served now since 2019, is the importance of having predictability for the year ahead in right. context of getting this done. And if we're waiting until September, as happened in 2019, well, there's not very much time for a lot of players to discern how much uh, they're going to get and how much they have to uh, allocate or cut. So uh, since 2019, we've had a bill in effect that required us to get this done by June 30. Uh, the pandemic caused some havoc in relation to that, but I'm mm -hmm. pleased to report that we were able to do that in 2022, and I'm confident we'll also do that in uh, 2023 in relation to affording the predictability I noted above in relation to the 23-24 uh, budget year. You know, we've had uh, a number of conversations with mental health professionals and law enforcement professionals in, in Calhoun County, Summit Point, the sheriff, the police chief, and so on, about the a notion of mental illness and the challenges therein and the effect that it has had both in in the resources available and and also in the law enforcement response that is to say the involvement in the responses that law enforcement uh, has to various emergency situations where mental health issues are involved and on a couple of occasions the the police chief and the sheriff have said you know, really the state has to step in and help us because the jail has become a repository for folks who need other kinds of, of assistance that are mental health, behavioral health related. And both of them said, uh, you know, I think Lansing is listening to us on that. So uh, I'm curious about your perspective on on the issue of behavioral health and, and how our resources in emergency response are being uh, used to respond to that? And, and is Lansing listening to this issue? Yes. And I can tell you that most recently, it's been prominently an issue in Wayne County, where there is uh, an allegation of inadequate juvenile facilities for yeah. Wayne County uh, juvenile justice participants. And consequently, I think Wayne County is looking to the state for helping in relation to juvenile facilities. And 
I certainly think in Calhoun County, we need the same resources, perhaps not in the same number of dollars, given the great many more citizens in Wayne County, but we need the same resources both in our juvenile facility over in Mid-County and also in our jail facility, uh, downtown Battle Creek. So among the supplemental appropriations we've undertaken recently is one, and this was actually connected with the same appropriations bill that brought us the SOAR funding, the Strategic Outreach and Attraction Reserve Fund funding uh, to bring us the Blue Oval Battery Plant. But also in that supplemental was a $40 million grant for community violence intervention and veteran suicide prevention and other community programs. So we are listening. We have had many dollars that have been shored up by reason of COVID relief monies appropriations from the feds. Uh, Those are being spent now and they're being spent on a lot of what uh, the representatives that you noted from Calhoun County have stated are so sorely needed in Calhoun. Mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, the state needs to build uh, another place for someone who has behavioral health uh, issues that need to be addressed so that, that law enforcement can bring them there instead of uh, the jail. Yes, I certainly think that law enforcement needs to prioritize its limited resources on law enforcement. And if there are those with behavioral challenges, those probably should be put at a location uh, where there are resources, including specialists, there to serve them as opposed to having. A, a public police officers assigned in context in which they don't have the same kind of training there to intervene. So mm-hmm. yes, and I definitely think that this should be a priority in relation to allocating appropriations from the state so that what is most fundamental to a community, law enforcement, is short up. Yeah, right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that some more. As you circulate in the district, Jim, what are some of the things you're hearing are concerns? I'm so glad that uh, WBCK is investing in this programming because what's happened in uh, a community like South Central Michigan uh, without a lot of local programming on the radio, without the same kind of local news that the Battle Creek Inquirer used to provide, Without a local television station, uh, lots of people don't know many of uh, the state and regional issues that are before themselves. So what I'm hearing most often is, frankly, a lot of chatter about the Blue Oval Battery Plant and it's coming and what it will mean and what are the deleterious aspects of that? What are the beneficial aspects of that? I regularly meet with community members the first Saturday of every month. I meet in Battle Creek, Springfield over at Mr. Don's on 20th Street for two hours. All are invited. And then the same first Saturday, I meet over in Albion at Sterling Books and Brew between uh, 1 and 2.30 on uh, North Superior in uh, downtown Albion for the same purpose. I additionally am frequently in attendance at uh, multiple municipal and Uh, township uh, board meetings and uh, neighborhood planning council meetings in our community of Battle Creek. So I'm constantly uh, sending up my antennae to find out what people are most interested in and try to problem solve for constituents. 
who do have an issue that might not be on anybody's radar, but certainly is important for us to address. One thing I've learned about being a legislature is there's a, a whole big world of policy to investigate, and it's exciting to constantly learn new things and solve new problems. All right. Well, uh, we'll certainly make sure folks are aware of those uh, those opportunities to meet with you and, and talk with you. And then, of course, we'll try to, to help fill in the gaps of information here as we check in with you somewhat regularly on the program. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I've enjoyed it. And I look forward to the opportunities to speak again in subsequent uh, weeks or months. All right. Representative Jim Hotsma on Community Matters.